Welcome to the Stone Builders Hour with Pastor Gary and Elder JC. God bless you all for tuning in to the Stone Builders Hour. Hey, we're a unique faith talk show seeking to share the good news with you and loved ones while building health relationships. This month, February, is Black History Month, or as I like to say, World History Month. Today and next week, we're going to continue to share little-known Black world history facts and contributions. Hello, Tallahassee. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Last week, we announced the opening of the Black News Channel and introduced you to Joan Pendergrass, wife of Teddy Pendergrass. Joan shared her testimony of sexual and domestic abuse growing up and before her marriage to Teddy Pendergrass. You can listen to last week's show, which I highly recommend, on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. So guess what? We're in the cloud now. And podcasting. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Wave94, Doug Apple, because we are now out in the world and you can reach us on any medium. Plus soon, very soon, our website, Facebook, Twitter, all and all the above. Praise God. Yes. And you know what? Joan's testimony was truly an eye-opener. And what it showed me is that evil is real. Yes, indeed. But God, through his son, the Christ, if you call on him and lean on him, you can overcome all adversities. Praise God. But, you know, today we're going to discuss landmarks of the black world history and the 1619 project. But first, we got to acknowledge our stone builder partner, Dr. Elvin Powell, chiropractic physician of Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center. If you've been in an accident, have back pains, headaches, and that sugar, that diabetes, or seeking weight loss, call for an appointment, Dr. Elton Powell at 850-402-9061 or just stop by his office at 1838 Capital Circle Northeast for an appointment. But above all, let him know that the Stone Builders sent you. Hey, we're going to take a, our first commercial, commercial break. I'm getting all tongue-tied this morning. I see. And we'll be right back. My name is Anne-Marie Baker, and I used to have severe, excruciating right arm and neck pain. Thanks to spinal decompression therapy from Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center, I no longer have any pain or discomfort, and my issues were resolved without having any surgery. Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center has helped me enjoy my life again. At Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center, we unlock your potential to be the best version of you build your body to excellent health. Hi, my name is Dr. Powell, and we take pride in giving you fast and friendly service that is tailored to your needs. We provide safe, comfortable, and effective treatments using state-of-the-art equipment. Life is full of adjustments, so get yourself realigned for a better, healthier future today. Call 402-9061. That's 402-9061. Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center. Online at dynamicspineandwellness.com. 
Become a stone builder and support Living Stone's children and family programs and services. Help us strengthen and build healthy relationships among family members and fathers and mothers to be active in the lives of their children. Tune in to the Stone Builders Hour on Wave 94, Thursdays 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Donate online at welivingstones.org or mail your gift to Living Stones, P.O. Box 6747, Tallahassee, Florida, 32314. Remember, your donations and gifts are tax deductible. Man, what did you give in that math test? Dude, I failed it. I got an F. Bro, it was kind of hard, but I got to be on it. I thought I knew the answers, but I missed some days from school. Were you sick? Nah, I just didn't feel like coming. Look, man, every day you miss school, you fall further behind in your classes. You miss information that help you pass quizzes and tests. It's important that you come to school. Don't become a statistic. When you skip school, you miss out on your potential. For more information, contact the Leon County Schools Office of Prevention, Intervention, Equity, and Services at 487-7306. Since we are talking about landmarks, let's define the word. Landmark can be defined in many ways. It could be a prominent or conspicuous object on land that serves as a guide, especially for ships at sea, which I thought was interesting. Something, number two, something to use to mark the boundary of the land. Three, a building or other place of outstanding historical, aesthetic, or cultural importance, which we're going to talk about today. And four, significant or historic event juncture achievement. Uh, One of the things that we wanted to kind of lead into with um, a scripture, John 8, 31 through 33. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will do what? Set you free. Set you free. They answered, we are Abraham's descendants. We have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say we will be set free? And you're going to get that answer in a few moments. So you got to stay tuned because we're (laughs) going to deal with that because the Jews who were there, the Pharisees, uh, they said we have never been slaves to anyone but we know that the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. So somehow they kind of miscommunicated that uh, they didn't understand what Jesus was talking about. Well, as in anything, when you have what would be considered modern times, so they, they were modern times to that time period, they forgot about that. So sometimes if we know what they says, a man without roots is a man without knowledge. Mm-hmm. So somehow they forgot their history. Mm. And so now we're going to take a look at it. Like many of us. That's why we're talking about uh, yes. Black History World Month. Yes. And the contributions. But, you know, you talk about landmarks and landmarks. Mm-hmm. Well, we all know about landmarks and boundaries because and you must have the boundaries. Uh, just what a survey is on your property. But, uh, but for landmarks, for our history, it tells a story of our struggle to include a diverse legacy. You know, right here in Tallahassee, we can see the history of landmarks. And just to name a few, we have the Florida Black Heritage Trail. 
We have the local John G. Rowley Museum. There's the French Town Community and historically Black College, Florida A&M University. You know they got a, they did well on their football season last Yay. year, and plus they've been winning a lot of grants. Also, you know they got funding to, to evaluate medical marijuana. Huh? What's up with that? But praise God, today we're going to visit some of these landmarks and see how many of you know about them. Well, the best place to start, and it's not the first, is the Black Archives Research Center and Museum on the campus of AMU. It's located at 445 Gamble Street. It's known as the Black Archives. Its mission is collecting, preserving, and displaying information about not only Black Americans, but Africans as well. And, you know, that was the one place when we had our STEAM hack in 2017 that yes. we took our children there so that they could have their own time to learn about how to hack. And they went to a diversity of of just different sessions and things that they had to learn in order to go and actually identify who they thought would be the best hacker or the best person who came up with the solution to the hack. But when we went, I was a little bit nervous because we had children from kindergarten through eighth grade that were going to be attending at the museum. There's but about 40 of them, wasn't Yes, it? it was. And it was the best experience for them because not only did they get a, um, what is that, a uh, demonstration of the entire um, uh, museum. All the, all, great, all the. They uh, went through the, every segment. They learned so much. They net, and in fact, a lot of the kids were like, "This is in our backyard. This is mm -hmm. in our neighborhood." So they got an opportunity to learn about Black history, but they also got the opportunity to see when they work in teams and work together what they can accomplish. So I thought it was... we spent the whole day. Uh, we yes, we did. It was all day experience. Uh, we had breakfast. Uh, yes. Then we took them... Uh, then we were there. Then we had lunch mm -hmm. there. And then you had an afternoon session yes. before we went over to uh, the Donnie, Donnie Station, station. Yep. where we had FAMU, FSU, uh, college students who were computer geeks yes. who uh, presented uh, different uh, uh, questions that they had to solve within a certain period of time. Now, while the children were there at the, the Black Archives, our hackers Here's where more. I was at, I was over there with the, the hackers station. Uh, yep. trying to deal with and answer and create solutions to uh, problems and it's just amazing what people can do I'm still trying to use word I'm still trying to I can't <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out uh, a publisher you know I'm still still trying to figure out how to send an email right and let alone the cloud the cloud but these young folks came up with yes. some stuff so when our children came over to the Domney station you brought them over that afternoon Noon, yep and they in turn those college students had to present their uh, project yes. to our youth. and the youth Not only the youth, but we actually had experienced professional judges uh, to watch them and uh, provide the presentation. And at the end, it really worked out well because our children chose the same uh, project as the professional judges and so it was fascinating but I think everybody was fascinated because it was the virtual reality. virtual reality so I think that was a good thing but if you have not been to the Black Archives please attend it it's 445 Gamble Street it is a wonderful place um, I believe it's free we were there on a Saturday yes so but it was just an awesome experience to see the uh, not only the history History, how blacks impacted 
our history today in medicine uh, with machines, uh, just the knowledge, and then some. a lot of the uh, African um, artifacts that they had were just phenomenal. You know, we talk about Florida A&M and the Black Art Archives, but, you know, uh, F uh, Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University first opened as the State Normal College. I'm not sure <laughs> how I got that name back in 1887. Normal? Yeah. Um, well, I guess is they... Is that French or normal? <laughs> or, but Normal College. But now Florida A&M is the oldest historical black university in Florida with over 12,000 students and 13 colleges awarding 62 bachelor's degrees and 39 uh, different master's degrees. And we have been blessed uh, over these last uh, 11 years uh, to have many interns uh, serving with yes. us from uh, not only FAMU, Florida A&M, but also from FSU and and uh, Flagler College and a couple TCC. others. But, mm -hmm. uh, but we've always had uh, social workers and also criminology students who worked with us both on an undergraduate level or bachelor's degree level and master's degree. Correct. And um, we are so thankful because uh, uh, we were right across the street from FAMU, our yeah. location there, That's which true. is on Eugenia Street, and everybody can just walk. And they have been such a blessing to, to work with us. So, you know, um, Florida A&M, you get high marks in our books. And thank you for the partnership, because one partnership that I love the best is that we have partnered for the last eight years maybe six seven years our our community garden yeah we have a grow together garden where famu uh they're uh, they would bring boxes they build some boxes for us and uh bring seedlings and they help us they planted the seedlings and we just made Nur it grow we yeah, nurtured we, it and, oh, oh it was man just wonderful. We best greens ever yeah cabbage and peppers and tomatoes and watermelon and uh, uh, squash, zucchini, mm -hmm. should I go collards and kale and and uh, turnip greens? Now, we had some great turnip greens. Yes, some, they were. Those were outstanding. You know that ball on the end of them. You know you eat that whole plant. Yes, you, know that. you do. <laughs> Cauliflower. Oh, thank you, FAMU, because and broccoli. we and mm -hmm. broccoli, we have so many. We have fed not only our children in our program and taught them how to cook, like kale chips. Mm -hmm. They said, ew, ew, ew. but then JC made some kale chips. All she did was fry them lightly, sprinkle mm -hmm. some sea Not salt on them. Just put sea salt on them, a little, and I like to toss mine with a little balsamic vinegar, stick them in the oven, and you're talking less than five minutes. And when they came out, the kids loved them. So, I, so Radio Land, connect with your local university. It's more than just a marching band, mm -hmm. it's more than just football. But they have so many services. Did you know that FAMU has one of the best rock climbing walls <laughs> here in our area? Local in the city. It's yes. right here. We would take our children from our after school program yeah. over on Saturdays to, over to the rock climbing wall. Yes. And that thing is going up there. And you know, other rock climbers come over and use that, As that for wall. experience, for so, experience and training. Man, so, y'all got treasures on. right underneath your nose. All you have to do is just reach out and touch and connect. All right. And another one of those, um, you know, of course, that we love FAMU. But another is, let's not forget, the John G. Riley House and Museum at 419 East Jefferson Street. 
It was built in 1890 on the outskirts of the neighborhood known, I love these neighborhood names, Smoky Hollow Neighborhood by John G. Raleigh. He was a civic leader and principal at Lincoln High School, and that was probably the original Lincoln <laughs> High School. School. And fact, we're going to talk about that coming up. It was restored, honoring him as well as other prominent black leaders. Another fact, many, a lot of our schools within our neighborhoods uh, with the, that are Title I are named after black principals like John G. Raleigh. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Good. You know, but uh, back in 19- well, I, let me just put in one thing, and the reason for that is because a lot of our college students were educators, and so education was a way out for many of our leadership, and so as a result of that, they became teachers, principals, and so forth. So there's a reason for that. You know, back in 1935. Uh, Bond Elementary, uh, right there in the Bond community, was started as a private school for kindergartens by a Mrs. Sweet Upson. That was her first name. Her first name was actually Sweet. She must have been, boy, her mommy and daddy must have loved on her, called her Sweet. And uh, right there on Saxon Street. All right. And in 1938, the Bond community raised money. Private citizens actually came together and raised money to expand the school to include Grace Kindergarten through the third grade. Hmm. And in 1940, grades four through six were added. And from 1942 to 1951, 1951, that's when I was born, Hmm. uh, the school served as an elementary and junior high school. In 1958, seventh, eighth, and ninth grades were moved to NIMS Middle School. Wow. And the sixth grade students were moved a short time later. So Bond originally started as a Profit the daycare? Mm, <laughs> Can I well, say that in today's term? Remember, that- education was segregated, so a lot of we couldn't go to the regular schools. We had to actually have our own schools in order to do that. I wonder how much, if we look at the experience, whether the experience was uh, different in terms of educational uh, equality, uh, because a lot of our children came out. And probably knew a lot of things because you had dedicated teachers who were working with them. Praise God that uh, that community must have been so active that actually, I mean, to go around and raise funding in order to expand the school. That means hire teachers, facilities, get the children there and really invest in your children. Those parents, even though they didn't have money, they were Poor, busted, and disgusted, but, but they knew away. by investing yes. in their children that their children would have a better opportunity than they did because education was always Number the gateway yep. to real freedom and equality. And I still believe that. So stay tuned because we're going to listen to our sponsors and we'll be right back. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go, fish that! Oh, come on! (laughs) This is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. 
Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Become a stone builder and support Living Stone's children and family programs and services. Help us strengthen and build healthy relationships among family members and fathers and mothers to be active in the lives of their children. Tune in to the Stone Builders Hour on Wave 94, Thursdays, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Donate online at WeLivingStones.org or mail your gift to Living Stones, P.O. Box 6747, Tallahassee, Florida, 32314. Remember, your donations and gifts are tax deductible. When you shop Goodwill, you don't just bring home a vintage dress or cat lamp. You bring home so much good to your community because everything you buy funds local job training and more. Goodwill. Bring good home. Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Stone Builders Hour with uh, me, Pastor Gary, and my lovely wife, JC. All right. And we're talking about more black history facts. And, you know, another little known black history fact here in Tallahassee is the Old City Cemetery. This is Tallahassee's first public cemetery, serving as a burial place for both whites and blacks as early as 1829. You know, it's just so much that, you know, you go to church, white church, you go to a black church and you can't be buried in a white cemetery and white folks don't want to be buried in a black cemetery. It's like so many topsy-turvy. Where's Jesus at in all this? But... Blacks in the old city cemetery, blacks were restricted to the western half of the cemetery. Well, we couldn't even be in the whole cemetery. We couldn't be in the whole. But Thomas Van Ressener Gibbs, he was a reconstruction legislator, an educator. And you have James Page, who is founder of Bethel Missionary Baptist Church. Wow. It's in the same location where it's at now. And John G. Raleigh, uh, the noted educator and principal. Uh, I also have a school named after him. They're all buried there. Wow, that is such a blessing. Um, but a few more facts on Thomas Van Retzler Gibbs, for we have long names. He was a politician and a member of the 1886 Florida Constitutional Convention. He was elected to the Florida House of Representatives. Gibbs was a co-founder of Florida A&M College, or University now, and served as its vice president until his death in 1898. The only son of Jonathan Clarkson Gibbs, Thomas married Alice Bernard, the daughter of a politician, John Willis Menard. In 1868, he was the first black person elected to Congress. And one of the things that I know we're going to do a little bit later um, is we're going to talk about Deuteronomy 28, where we talk about the blessings and the curses Uh of our generation. And one of the things that I wanted to see is we say, and all these things shall come on thee, and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. And that is Deuteronomy uh, 28, um, 2. So I think we need to spend a little bit of time of knowing, and we'll come a little bit back to that because there's some other verses that go with that. I know from uh, Zechariah 1, 6 that we can kind of bring in all together, and I know Pastor will bring that up probably in our next section. 
Okay. Well, we're going to just leave Tallahassee a little bit because mm-hmm. uh, we'll still come back to, to them. But I found this little story that I just would like to share with everybody because this is a little known uh, uh, black world history fact. And it's called The Brilliant Mind of Negro Tom. <laughs> Brilliant Mind of Negro Tom. You know, back during the day, I remember growing up in the 50s and the 60s, and I was called Negro. King was called Negro. King called himself Negro. We all, Malcolm X referred to us as Negroes and everything because that's what it was. But, you know, during my time of growing up, I've been called Negro, Coon, uh, Black Neck. I was called a whole bunch of stuff, you know. And, I know uh, nothing about that. <laughs> now you do know about being coon because we moved right. to New York, Pennsylvania. We had some little kids. Uh, we moved into our house in a predominantly white neighborhood. Matter of yeah. fact, we were only blacks in that neighborhood, and we were out. We were coming through the back, back through our rear, and these little kids—they uh, were about what five, six, seven yeah. years old. They came out running out in their backyard. They saw us walking up through the back. They said, "Hey, look at them coons! Coons are coming!" Look at the coons. And the mother heard them and came running outside and rushed her kids in. And I looked at JC. Dang, this is 19, this is like 1983. Correct. That, around that time. And that was the first time I had ever been called a coon. And it's amazing how in how how we were raised. Pittsburgh was a very diverse community, so we had to cross the Italian neighborhoods, the Jewish neighborhoods, the Polish neighborhoods in order to get to our community. So we knew each other a lot more, and because of that diversity, grew up in a different time frame. Yeah. But you know, we had our issues when the civil rights movement broke out, but it wasn't to that extent of name calling and so that was my really truly that was my first experience moving into that neighborhood being called a coon and so we had to our children face um, some trauma behind that because of the environment that we came out of uh, being in a predominantly in fact an all black neighborhood in Lawnside um, New New Jersey Jersey, outside of Camden New Jersey but in between Camden and Cherry Hill but here they had to experience something very different mm-hmm. and like you said that was 1983 84 about 1983 right and uh, I remember well, we at- moved there in in early late 70s yeah. And then we ended up uh, moving on. Well, we have a history of traveling. Oh, but. <laughs> yeah. I can't keep track of that. But I remember looking over to you and saying, boy, I hadn't been called a coon since 1961. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> what? This is what we have to deal with? And, 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 and that was like in modern days. Yes, but, it was. But then, but you know what? After a while, those neighbors became yeah, very good. good. The friends, yeah. their kids, our children end up playing. So... Uh, so you don't know, just know that children are just mirrors of what's going on in the household. And their reality got confronted when two black professional people walked up uh, to a home that they weren't expecting. But you know what? Let's go back to, you know what deals with the brilliant mind of Negro Tom. Like Tom Fuller, he was popularly known as Negro Tom. He was born in Africa, brought to America as a slave at 14. And you know what? He became a self-taught mathematician. Mm. He was denied a formal education because blacks weren't allowed to read and write. He could neither read, write, but he could calculate complex math problems mm. in his head mm. within a matter of minutes. He was especially uh, apt at figuring time, distance, and space. 
you know, there was a noted mathematician of the 19th century called Zora Colburn who challenged Fuller to calculate in his head the number of seconds a man had lived who was 70 years, 12 days, and 12 hours old. Mm. Within a matter of minutes, the African calculator, Negro Tom, <laughs> had his answer. Colburn Figuring on paper attained a different answer, but Fuller reminded the mathematician that he had neglected to count leap years. Mm. On figuring once more, Colburn was forced to admit that he was wrong and mm. Fuller was right. All right. Regardless of how remarkable Fuller's ability was, he never received his freedom from slavery. Mm. So his mathematical brilliance you know, it was wasted. I'm sure his slave master used it around that plantation. He could not use it to help himself, his family, or his race. And sadly, like most black folks, he spent his life in cotton and on the tobacco fields rather than in a classroom. An educational organizational organization called the Columbia Centennial called him a prodigy, a mathematical genius who, without a doubt, would have been equal to Sir Isaac Newton. Wow. Had he had a f appropriate formal education. Now, everybody knows who Isaac Newton is, I think. The apple on top of the head? <laughs> <laughs> no, he dropped it from the tree. Right, but no, it was the all, also, the whole point of it was the uh, speed. Speed and also gravity. So if that young, if that, uh, what's his name again? Uh, Negro Tom. Negro Tom. Or if you rather call him, feel more comfortable calling no. Thomas Fuller. No, I love Negro <laughs> Tom. If he had that kind of uh, brain matter, that means his his IQ was very high. So sometimes we just don't get the same privileges, which brings me back to uh, Zachariah one six that talks about if we're not obeying God in our ways that the, uh, the Lord of hosts thought to do unto us according to our ways and according to our doings so hath he dealt with us so Zechariah 1 6 so we need to be thinking about what is it that we're doing or not doing because in Lamentations 118 the Lord is, is righteous for I have rebelled against his commandment. Here I pray you, all people, and behold my sorrow. And it goes on to say at the end, my young men are gone into captivity. So we're going to bring that back. But talking about stories, yeah. another hero of mine, <laughs> and her name is Black Mary. Oh, so. Tom, Black Mary. <laughs> oh, God. She, I'm glad that we can laugh about this hey, today because, the, uh, but that was the reality, reality then. Yes, it was. But, you know, she was a great <laughs> person because she was born a slave in Tennessee in 1832. She lived in Mississippi and Ohio, but she ended up moving to, of all places, Montana. Montana? How do you get from Ohio to Montana? Well, Montana? she became a, she definitely became a Westerner. Yes. Black Mary became a legend in Western history. Mm. She was tall. Yeah. And weighing 200 pounds. You know, that's kind of light in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that kind of light in, in 2020? Well, I know about no, but if she was tall and she weighed 200 pounds, that means she had to be a brick house. Yes. Because she was a gun-toting <laughs> stagecoach driver. And the second woman 
to drive a U.S. mail route. And she also wore her 38 pistol <laughs> under her apron and was a crack shot. Her reputation was well earned because her roots were inhabited by Indians and male bandits. So she, she didn't she give up her mail. Nobody can rob her. I was going to say, compared to delivery of mail today, she was doing well. <laughs> she died of natural causes in 1914. So there you go. Wow. When you know your your purpose and you find it and you find it you do well at it regardless of any color but i just think it's amazing that despite their uh one thing that they had was their was their race mm -hmm. that they were able to overcome and yeah. become like they said a legend in western history and it's the thank you blackberry yeah it's the townspeople who uh uh, recognize her as being a, a trailblazer. Yes. And uh, everybody heard about Annie Oakley. Yes. And how many of y'all heard about uh, Black, Black Mary, Mary <laughs> who was toting a 38 and can outshoot most men? Praise yeah. God. Yeah. Go ahead, Black Mary. <laughs> you know, but you know what? In, in 1944, let's come back, let's come a little bit forward. Mm -hmm. In 1944, uh, there was Cortez Peters. He was the world typing champion who wow. typed 130 words per minute while holding a conversation with other people on different subjects at the same time. Wow. Now, all y'all on your laptops, yep, on your keyboards, yep. you up there typing. Just imagine going 130 words a minute while I'm talking to two, three different people. I'm talking to you about science. I'm talking to you about you know the entertainment world. I'm talking to you about dinner. And you can have a conversation. Everybody still get it done with less errors. And you know, he was a celebrity back then and started his own typing training school. Mm. And he rarely demonstrated his Superman skills while using bulky World War II typewriters. And you know those were, they were individual keys and you had to actually push them down. You probably had to have muscles in your fingers. But you know what's amazing with that? The average typing speed today, and I can remember back during uh, going out for tests and others for employment in the beginning, you they wanted 60 to 70 yeah. words a minute. So 130, that's almost doubled yes. what people were typing back then. So, he would have been hey. an awesome programmer. If we could have hooked up uh, Cortez <laughs> with Gladys West, yep. who was a data processor yep. and also the discoverer of the GPS AVL uh, that we talked about uh, the previous show. Boy, you put both of them together, that would have been awesome. Yeah. Praise God. Go ahead, Cortez. Yes, well, we love the subjects, but you know, we have to have do a timeout for a break and listen to our sponsors. Tune in to the Stone Builders Hour, a unique talk show hosted by Pastor Gary and Elder JC every Thursday at 5 o'clock on Wave 94.1. Carter's Corner provides expert athletic consulting to agencies, sports programs, and families. Services include fundraising, community events, football camps, career planning, and vending. Carter's Corner offers quality coaching to athletes and highlights their actions on the field and classrooms to college recruiters. Call Sam Carter, 850-510-6702 or email carterscorner at me.com. Carter's Corner is also a 501 501- 
My name is Rodney Vickers, and I suffered from excruciating pain and discomfort in both legs, and I was told there was nothing that I could do. After consulting with Dr. Powell at the Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center, I began a nerve restoration program, and today I am able to walk and run without any pain, and I am in better shape than I've been in years. At Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center, we unlock your potential to be the best version of you and build your body to excellent health. Hi, my name is Dr. Powell, and we take pride in giving fast and friendly service that is tailored to your needs. We provide safe, comfortable, and effective treatments using state-of-the-art equipment. Life is full of adjustments, so get yourself realigned for a better, healthier future today. Call 402-9061. That's 402-9061. Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center. Online at dynamicspineandwellness.com. Welcome back. Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit of pulling in some of the scriptures uh, for Deuteronomy 28 that talks about the blessings when we obey the Lord in all his statutes. It says starting off in three through six. And the reason why we want to read this because it's talking about uh, blessings and curses. curses. Well, you are dealing with the curses. Yeah, I want to deal with the blessings. But it also ties into people being enslaved. It goes back to John uh, that talks the beginning about, I didn't done know it. you. Right. But And those were the people who said the Sadducees and the Pharisees. They said that, well, we've never been enslaved. Correct. But there are scriptures that the Israelites were enslaved. And we want to talk about that because it seems like the people who were brought here to America as slaves match up to scripture. Yes, they do. And they also match up as the original Israelites. So if we talk about the blessings, Deuteronomy 28, 3 says, Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. For blessed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy ground and the fruit of thy cattle and the increase of thine kind and the flocks of thy sheep. Five, blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Six, blessed shalt thou be when thou come, comest in and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. And we move down to 13, Deuteronomy 28, 13. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord, thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do to them. So God is looking for us to still be obedient as far as I can see. If we're talking about us being the original Israelites who had been truly enslaved yes. and are here now today. So people, uh, mm. those listening, we need to hearken unto the Lord. That means keeping all his statutes. And you know that I think mm. that's a series to talk about the true statutes of the Lord, because mm. there are those of us who still believe that God has opened the door because he commanded Peter to, to open up everything unto all people and that we could eat what we want, do what we want. But in reality, Whatever God gave Moses in the yes, Old it. Testament, 
still yeah, holds for today. So I think yeah. that I think that's I a that's a show. Today is yesterday. Yeah. So I think that's a show that we need to really talk about. Mm. But those are the blessings of Deuteronomy 28. You can read the entire chapter. It talks about the first from one through 14. 14. Or the blessings. Yes. And then you'll follow up with the curses. But getting back to... You know there's more curses than blessings? Oh, well, you know, <laughs> I think that's always the truth um, in anything. Uh, because it's like smiling. You only need three muscles. But yeah. when you frown, you use the hundreds of them. So that almost can be equated to blessings and curses. But if we have more black world history facts, we wanted to talk a little bit about the 1619 Project. And this was an article that was presented in the New York Times uh, magazine. And I think that um, it's going to be interesting to that it marks the 400th anniversary of the beginning of American slavery. And they put this um, uh I guess the article together uh, began in August 2019. But the 1619 Project aims to reframe the country's history by placing the consequences of slavery and the contributions of black Americans at the very center of our national narrative. And I think that's one thing that people uh, keep forgetting. Uh, we're not here by circumstance. That's right. Uh, we're here. It was a design purpose, I believe, of why we're here. And so with that purpose, I think we, um, those of us who are black Americans, um, need to, and that includes the islands. Uh, we're not forgetting you either. But we need to start really looking introspectively about why we're here and what we're doing. Praise so, Pastor, God. You know, um I'm speechless, but uh, Deuteronomy, some of the curses, 28.15. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, Mm. to observe, to do all his commandments and his statute, which I commanded thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Curses shall be in the city and in the field. Mm. Ah, Curse thou come in and thou go out. Wow. You know, I'm just, there's so many of them. Oh, God, forgive us, Lord. Have mercy. (laughs) Have mercy, Lord. But here's one. I tell you, 30. And that's why I believe it applies to slavery. Because those Israelites were disobedient and did not follow the commandments of the Lord. And he told them way back when that thou shalt betroth a wife and another man shall lie with her. Mm. Thou shalt build a house and thou shalt dwell therein. Not dwell. Not dwell therein. Thou shalt plant a vineyard and shall not gather the grapes thereof. That's what's going on in slavery. Families where, you know, you be married and the master wants your wife. He takes her anytime. He wants your daughter. Master take a, they take a, this, whoo, man, I tell you, boy. And then number 32, thy sons and thy daughters shall be given unto another people. And thy eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all day long. And there shall be no might in thy land. Mm. 
My goodness. And then if we go down to um, uh, 44, uh, he shall lend to thee and thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head and thou shall be the tail. And we'll just wrap it up uh, on the on the curse here that he says in uh, in uh, 68. And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships. Mm. Uh, the first time uh, Egypt, uh, the Egyptians took the uh, the Israelites, they the Hebrew Israelites, yeah. and they were there already and they were enslaved. But this time they were going to be taken by ship. By the way whereof I spoke unto thee, thou shalt see it no more again. You won't see your homeland no more. And there ye shall be sold unto your enemies for bondmen and bondwoman, and no man shall buy you. God. You know, so as JC mentioned, uh, the New York Times 1619 project, uh, you had the author Anne Bailey weave several stories of African slaves being sold. And one story in particular to make slavery more personal is Sally Adams, who was five years old in 1840 in Marion, Virginia. Her mother was sold to a slave dealer in Lynchburg, Virginia, and Sally was sold at the same auction to a man named Thomas Thurman. Thomas Thurman brought Sally to take care of his sick wife. Sally never saw her mother again. For the remainder of her childhood, whenever she could slip away from Master, she would sit under a tall white oak tree, all alone. She would just wrap her arms around that tree trunk and just cry and cry. That tree became a place where she could recall the names and faces of her family members who were all sold away and it gave her a place where she could grieve. Wow, that's a little bit disturbing because this story was told many years later by Sally's granddaughter, Evelyn Lawrence, an educator and historian in Marion, Virginia. No one knows what happened to Sally's mother or how much Sally was sold for. Both were sold at an auction in the Smith County Courthouse. Evelyn Lawrence's efforts led to the founding of the Mount Pleasant Heritage Museum housed in a former black Methodist church that Sally and other free men and women founded after the Civil War to preserve the history and culture of blacks in Marion County. And one of the uh, curses, when you talked about curses, Pastor, I thought you would bring up is uh, Deuteronomy 28.48. Because it says, therefore shalt thy serve shall thy serve thine enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee. Mm -hmm. And this is a, right a perfect case. Um, in hunger mm -hmm. and in thirst and in nakedness, and in want of all things. Here she desired to be with her family. Right. She she had to go to the oak tree to recall and remember. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck. Until he have destroyed thee. Wow. So uh, I love the fact that the granddaughter now has come back to preserve their history uh, so that they could have a time of remembrance. And, and we're not bringing this up because we want to say this or we want to say that. But 
just as we need knowledge to know where we come from, we need knowledge to know our history. And when we, even when Pastor and I look at each other's history, my history for my family, even though my father was from Puerto Rico uh, and his gra- grandmother was Indian, but on my mother's side, we're from South Carolina. So we migrated north to, to Pennsylvania. Right. So there's a different type of history. Your history is a little bit more um, uh, involved because you have it written down. Your yeah, family do. <laughs> um, came from, yeah. of all places, right here in Florida. When we moved uh, here, we, My we, grandmother's right. from Havana. No Hippie Jackson. <laughs> yes, we had no clue until we tied into our history. Your father knew the history. Yes. And then we had to get into the history. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have to know our history to know how we're going to move forward to the next step. Well, it says, a man without roots Yes, is a man without knowledge. Yes. And also, that John passage, the truth shall set you free. Free, Yep. You know, Sally and her family, they were among 1.2 million enslaved black men, women, and children that were sold in the United States between just between 1760 and 1860. 100 years. And that's according to this historian, uh, Michael uh, Tadman. You know, but, you know, after the American Revolution, cotton farming grew and that yes, it created the demand for slaves to work the plantation and it intensified more so in the south so black slave auctions and sales they could be found all along major seaports such as richmond virginia new orleans savannah and charleston south carolina but you know also boston massachusetts new york new jersey yeah. rhode island they all had slave trading ports. So it just wasn't a Southern thing. Yeah, that's true. It was all based on economics. And I think a lot of people forget that because one of the things that we always say, and I know people talk about uh, reparations, but it's one of the things that built this country that with the trade that went on in this country, you had free labor. Yes. Because you weren't, these people were living in shacks a lot of times. They weren't clothed. Yes, there were people who were kind and good and and probably gave them some subsistence. But that was a very hard period. And one of the things that Deuteronomy 28, 51 says, And he shall eat the fruit of thy cattle and the fruit of thy land until thou be destroyed, which also shall not leave thee either corn wine or oil or the increase of thy kind or flocks of thy sheep until he have destroyed thee. I mean, just think, we were brought here from Africa, which was and most of our probably um, eating and healthy habits were of plants, corn, fish, that kind of thing. And then we get here and people are throwing us Intestines, Intestines? yes, chitterlings as Uh they're called, hogs, and and a lot of the the pig that they didn't want to eat, right? A part of the cow that they didn't want, right? So we end up eating a lot of things that were not within our diet. So I can imagine having to eat something like that that I have no, I have not, I've not ever seen or I've seen it. But we always kind of threw it away. So that's a, a time period where we really have to look at that. Well, they sure learned how to cook them chitlins. Yeah. They did. <laughs> <laughs> they, oh, they hogs that and cheese oh, and all that stuff yeah, that we grew up like, with that we don't eat now. But We, we were the cooks. Yes, we were. Yes, we did we were. everything. Yes, we For did. free. Yes. 
and we were not allowed to read or write. You know, a white person who taught you how to read the Bible, uh, they found out that they would be persecuted. We weren't allowed to own land. That's correct. We couldn't vote. Yeah. Uh, it's like you were under, I have my wife and family. And if they shadow. decided, the, the, my master uh, wanted to sell my kids or sell my wife, they go on the next day. Mm -hmm. And that's why after the Civil War was over in Reconstruction, there was a great migration because men and women and children went out looking for, for each, each other. other. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Oh, God. So a little bit of that history and some of the curses that we talked about, but I'm ready to learn more. But let's take a break uh, from our, for our sponsors. Everyone wants a comfortable, quality, affordable home they can own and be proud of. Affordable home ownership is now reality in Recolor Gardens in Crawfordville. Just 25 minutes from downtown Tallahassee or the beach. The developer with 40 years of experience builds each new home with modern kitchens, with two, three, or four bedrooms, and with many options such as screened-in porches, large garden bathtubs, and built-in electric generator plug-in outlets to help you make it through the next storm. Down payment and closing assistance for multiple government programs, credit repair, and mortgage loans are available. Call or text Lamar 850-727-3532 for an appointment to see your next home. That's 850-727-3532 or visit McCullough Garden Properties LLC.com. That's McCullough Garden Properties LLC.com. Become a stone builder and support Livingstone's children and family programs and services. Help us strengthen and build healthy relationships among family members and fathers and mothers to be active in the lives of their children. Tune in to the Stone Builders Hour on Wave 94, Thursdays, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Donate online at WeLivingStones.org or mail your gift to Livingstones, P.O. Box 6747, Tallahassee, Florida, 32314. Remember, your donations and gifts are tax deductible. My name is Anne-Marie Baker, and I used to have severe, excruciating right arm and neck pain. Thanks to spinal decompression therapy from Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center, I no longer have any pain or discomfort, and my issues were resolved without having any surgery. Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center has helped me enjoy my life again. At Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center, we unlock your potential to be the best version of you and build your body to excellent health. Hi, my name is Dr. Powell, and we take pride in giving you fast and friendly service that is tailored to your needs. We provide safe, comfortable, and effective treatments using state-of-the-art equipment. Life is full of adjustments, so get yourself realigned for a better, healthier future today. Call 402-9061. That's 402-9061. Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center. Online at dynamicspineandwellness.com. Well, welcome back. We have this has been exciting times. I well, Pastor and I love history. Yes. So this is one of the things that we always have done with our children yeah. and us. <laughs> when we move to a new city, we find we dig up all the history. So this is wonderful. But coming back to Tallahassee, another thing is that the old Lincoln High School was first opened in 1869 as the first black high school in Leon County. Hmm. The school was closed in 1967 and is now used as a community center. 
The modern day Lincoln High School is located at 3838 Trojan Trail. And I just want to put in parents, you know, we always talk about there's nothing to do or everything costs so much money, but these you could do your own tour. Yes. You could do your own sites of what goes on in the city. And that's what we used to do. Whenever we, we lived in um, near York, Pennsylvania, and Harrisburg was our state yes. capital. And what we would do is take the kids up and go throughout um, the state capital to learn what was going on. But we were in a very historic area yeah. because we had Gettysburg. Yeah, um, Lancaster. Yes. So and Baltimore was just, just uh, 45 minutes away. Correct. So there was a a lot of history in our area. So if you want to do stuff with your kids, they are going to say, oh, mom, oh, dad, do we have to do this? But just know you're starting a tradition because today our children are doing the same thing that we did with them. With their children. Yes. And I think it's wonderful because history needs to be learned yes. and needs to be taught. Pastor? Well, you know, built in 1894, the Taylor House Museum uh, of historic Frenchtown, it now houses the museum celebrating the rich heritage of the Taylor Canassus, uh, I think, Howe and Alexander families. This was the hub of the community and the civil rights movement right there in Frenchtown. Wow, that is so interesting. And another is the destruction of Fort Negro. Uh, just imagine uh, North Florida was just a few miles away from the slave plantations in Georgia and Alabama. Many slaves ran away from southern plantations to sanctuaries in Florida, which at that time was under the Spanish influence. Yes. Uh, in Florida, blacks joined the Seminole Indians or created their own black communities. More than 300 slaves made a home in an abandoned British fort on the Apalachicola River it's in North Florida. Right down wow. the street here. Right oh, down the street that's here. so interesting. Under the leadership of an African man named Garcia, the abandoned building became known as Fort Negro. Although the fort was heavily armed and independent community in Spanish territory, it became a haven for one race slaves and a threat to the slavery system in America. In America. Slaveholders pressured the United States government to use its forces to destroy the fort. Mm -hmm. uh, that's Andrew Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they had to take hold of um, uh, Florida because it was part of the Louisiana Purchase. Wow. And at that time, the Spanish owned it and it was freedom for it. Everybody talks about the Underground Railroad going north. Well, yeah, you know, that railroad went south, south. Yes. Uh, to uh, Florida. And it was a haven for black folks and Indian slaves alike. And they come together. And wow. we had talked about previously the Seminole. Seminole was married to a, a black woman. Yes. And had the son who was uh, Chief Osceola. All right. You know? So, I mean, Chief mm, Osceola. You know? That's history. So, uh, yeah, he looked like me and you. Praise God. <laughs> and his best friend and co-part was John Horse. Wow. So, then we have Florida Negro. And they were down there in Seminole County. Then you had uh, uh, Fort Negro, which up here in Appalachia. Uh, and that was a fortress that the that the army could not penetrate, and they wouldn't have won if. Well, the government if, came in. Yeah. And of course, Andrew Jackson said we it was a priority ah. in 1816. So what did he do? He not only sent the army. He sent the navy <laughs> up the Apalachicola River to attack the fort. 
When called upon to surrender, Garcia refused, even though the fort was primarily filled with women and children. children. The runaway slaves repelled the first attack on July 17, 1816. The Navy began the second attack with cannon bombardments. One of the hot cannonballs rolled into the fort's magazine, you know, all of the yeah, gunpowder, the bullets, and all that, and set off an explosion that killed nearly 250 wow. of the black inhabitants. And remember, <sighs> primarily women and children. Garcia escaped injury but was killed by a firing squad, and the rest of the survivors were returned to slavery in the United States. Wow. wow. Sad state of affairs of our history. And that's American history. Black history, world history, in American history. And what happened in the past, we see a lot of problems here now in our present. And uh, so we must really start focusing. And the only thing I can say, we need to get closer to the Almighty and repent and ask for mercy and forgiveness. I mean, not just black folks, white folks, Puerto Ricans, and the all folks need to come to the Almighty and submit their will to Him. You know, I just want to say thank you for taking time to share uh, some black history facts and everything, but we invite you to become a Stone Builder partner by sowing into Fertile Ground. You can do it on our website at www.welivingstones.org. But you know what? We have Cash App, Cash App, dollar sign, uh, capital L Stones 51. It's all lowercase. All lowercase. Dollar I'm sorry. sign L Stones 51. But yeah, just uh, get. Partner with uh, Dr. Elton Powell at Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center and visit his website, dynamicspineandwellness.com or call him at 850-402-9061 and let him know that the Stone Builders sent you over. But next week, we're going to continue with Black World History and Little Known Facts. Oh, I love it. Hey, thank you for listening. We're out. God bless. See ya. See ya.